so much. You did a great job. Uh, at this time, I want to invite Brandon Lindsay to share with our church body some of the exciting things that are taking place at Christ Point in the days ahead. Good morning, Christ Point. How are you doing? Y'all are not going to raise the lid off this barn like that. It is a joy to be able to be with you this morning, to be worshiping with you. I asked Elizabeth, my wife, on the way over this morning, I said, how long have we been part of the Christ Point family? And she said, it's been about 12 years now. And after 12 years, you would think that we would know everyone here, and we don't. That's the cool thing about what God continues to do in this community is that every Sunday we show up and we see new faces. Matter of fact, I met a couple new folks this morning, and uh, I love that. I love to see the new faces coming in. We want to connect with you, and at Christ Point, we make that really easy to do. If you're here with us for the first time or it's been a couple times, but you still haven't connected, there's a connection card on your chair, and we're going to ask you to spend two minutes. Just fill that thing out really quick and leave it with us today. I promise you that we will not flood your inbox with emails, and no one will show up at your doorstep this afternoon with an offering plate. We just want to connect. We want to say hello and welcome. If you're watching online with us today, you can do it too. Just go to ChristPoint.com and connect with us that way. Uh, the other reason we want to connect is to let you know about a bunch of events that we have coming up. It's the Christmas season. We've got a ton of events, and the events start tonight. Tonight, students, we party. It's going on tonight at 5 o'clock. We're going to be here at the barn. Students, I heard this morning we've got about 40 already signed up, so it's going to be an awesome time. We, uh, we're going to eat we're going to build gingerbread houses, and we're going to exchange gifts. So we're going to have a good time tonight. Students, be here at 5 o'clock. Next Friday, there's something going on called Women's Favorite Things. And dudes, I can tell you, I don't. this should go without saying, but we are neither women or their favorite things. So we are not invited. We're not going to be a part of this thing. Women, Where is the Women's Favorite Things happening? At the church house. So women, we ask you to come out, join, join us, in, or join the women, and bring your favorite appetizer or dessert, and then bring a wrapped gift that you'll exchange, something that's one of your favorite things that you can share with someone else. On December 19th, we're going to have Christmas Cafe. That, is, that means that we're going to have coffee, we're going to have donuts, and James, three of my favorite things. On the 19th, be here, and then Christmas Eve, we're going all out. It's going to be huge. You don't want to miss this. We're going to do it here at the barn, Christmas Eve service. We're going to have a petting zoo, hay rides, coffee, s'mores. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a uh, beautiful time together and just celebrate Christmas Eve and Christmas. So we look forward to seeing you there. Put that on your calendar. Make sure you're here. At this time, we'd like to welcome James back up to give us the message. Thanks so much, Brandon. Uh, there's so many exciting things taking place here at Christ Point, but kids, you can't hear about them because you are now dismissed uh, to CP kids. Have a great time. Uh, you will be missed. Jesus, uh, when he came to this earth 2,000 years ago, came for a, a purpose. He was the most mission-minded man ever to walk the planet, and he has called us to be a part of that mission as well. We believe as a church that we exist to point people to Jesus. We do that in some practical and tangible ways. Uh, last week, we shared one of the ways that we do that is by encountering 
the life-transforming power of the Word of God. We really believe that God's Word changes us, it changes people. It's living and it's active, and God uses it to form and shape us into the image of Jesus. Another way that we point people to Jesus is by experiencing authentic community. We really believe that God has not called us as a people to live lives as lone rangers, but in the context of community. And so this morning, I want to invite back a Dan up front, and uh, you may be used to seeing Dan with a, with a guitar, as they say in the South. Are you, are you okay without a guitar for a couple minutes? Okay, okay, perfect. Great. Uh, Dan, for those who do not know you, just take a, a brief minute and share uh, who you are and introduce your family. Uh, my name is Dan Warren. Uh, my wife, Amy, is somewhere, but she tends to move around because she likes to meet with a lot of people. And then uh, you got to meet my daughter, Grace. She was up here a second ago. You did a great job, by the she way. She did. She did. Thank you for that. So she follows your lead very well. <laughs> so, um, and then I have another daughter, uh, Hope. So I have Hope and Grace. And then my son, Hollister, who is also somewhere in here, and you guys have probably seen him before. Um, yeah, is that I, you did a spectacular job with your family. Thank you. So you 100%. Um, I just wanted to ask you this morning to, to share a little bit about the impact that the Christ Point family has had in your heart, in your life, and uh, in the life of uh, your family. So just take a moment, if you would, to, to share. Sure. Um, we were at another church for a little over a decade, um, and that was what we called our church home. And... Um, we were involved. Uh, we both, you know, got connected in different ways. Our, our kids got connected. Um, but I didn't know the difference until we started connecting to this community and the group. And it really is what they promote and you hear us talk about is the authentic community. And I think that authenticity, authenticity <laughs> that, is, that is the key uh, to the community that's here is that it's real. And um, they want to know you and they want to be known by you just like we want to know Christ and Christ wants to be known. Right? Is they want that connection. And I think they live and breathe Christ through all the things that they do. Um, for us, it was actually partially is getting connected through service. And I would, you didn't plan on this, but I, I encourage that. Um, I think it's the best way to get to know other people. When Brandon says he doesn't know everybody, what I know Brandon, what I know about Brandon is he is connected to a lot of things. And that's how he knows as many people as he does is he actually, he's intentional, he's authentic, and that's how he connects with people. And I'm trying to do that. Our family's trying. So I encourage you guys to find a way to get connected in the simplest way because living life together is how you build community, not just on Sunday mornings, right? So I say that. Um, but for us, um, I'm in a men's group and they hold me accountable. So that's the other thing I love about this church community is they, it's not just a, a smile and a greet, is they hold you accountable. Uh, they listen to the words that are going on in your life and they follow up because they care about you, like Christ cares about you. And so they live and breathe Christ through their authenticity and their accountability for who you're supposed to be as a Christ follower. Um, my children, um, have vastly been impacted if anybody was watching last week um, to hear uh, my daughter speak to the fact that she doesn't know how I can stand up here and worship with some of the struggles that we may have going on in our life is that she's seeing um, how we live a life of Christ and that's because of the community not because of me it's not just one parent or another parent it's she sees how all of you guys live a life of knowing Christ and built on his foundation that it impacts her uh, for Bryson to say what he said last week, it's that same impact. So it's 
it's not just the adults it's the kids that are impacted by the community i told you you're gonna have to uh, yeah well no i mean that's i mean that so. actually makes for a great transition i mean you know sunday morning is important for us as, as a church i love sunday mornings but the christian life uh isn't just about sunday morning not just for an hour from 10 30 to 11 30 or you know, 11 40 if i go long uh so much of the christian life is lived you know Monday through Saturday as well, and so it's exciting to hear about the impact that that this church community has had uh, in your life and in, in the lives of, of your family as well. And so I just want you to know, Dan, that I give thanks to God uh, for you and for the way that you've pursued that and lived that out. I know that our church family has been has been blessed because of it. So thanks so much for sharing. I did want to share one other thing too for people sure. that were no, new. I'm clearly I'm not sorry. in charge. So I know you're not at all. Do I thought it was a good transition, Dan? But go ahead and I, keep talking. I have the beard. Keep I talking. have the hair. I have the mic. Can we're I the, stand up here? We're you the want same. Me to take a, a seat. We're or? the same. We are brothers <laughs> from another mother. No, yeah. I just want to say uh, for people that are new that know maybe a difference in the church of what I've seen, just some different churches that we've been to, is that um, when you think about growing a church, is the leadership that's here in this church and the people that serve is that they're intentionally trying to grow the church, but not this church. They're trying to grow his church. And I think this church is growing because everything they do is true to God. It's true to growing his church. And you're reaching people, and that's awesome. So kudos to you and the rest of the team. Thank you, Dan. Did you want to add anything? or You're done. He's done. Yeah, this is great. Uh, just real practically, maybe you're here this morning and you hear that and you go, hey, I, I want to move toward it, but I, I don't know how. There's two practical ways. Uh, in January, uh, we have availability in a Sunday evening small group. Adam and Misty Lawrence are going to be leading a small group. There's still space for uh, two or three couples or four to six people. If you're interested in plugging into a small group on Sunday night, um, that would be a great first step for you. Or... Um, beginning in January, we're going to bring back the gathering. The gathering was just an opportunity for some people in our church family who maybe couldn't get connected in a small group or were just looking for a place uh, to plug in, an easy on-ramp. Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock, they're going to be meeting over there uh, in the chapel in, in January. They're going to study the Word, uh, pray together, do life together. And so I want to encourage you, if you're interested in plugging in in that way, um, go to CP News, Christ Point News. There's an interest form that you can click on. You're not signing your life away. It's just going, hey, I'm interested in that because we want to plan for your arrival. Particularly if you have children and need child care, uh, we want to provide child care for you. And so that's just a couple practical and tangible ways uh, where you can get plugged in. Also want to let you know, church family, uh, we have Brandon mentioned that the women's event is going to be at the church house. Uh, this year we purchased six and a half acres of land by just the grace of God. And if you haven't had an opportunity to see it yet, uh, if you're new to Christ Point, I would love to be able to, and the elders would love to be able to show you that space uh, next week after the service. So just let me know, hey, I want to I wanna check it out, and we will show you around. Cool? Great. Are you guys ready? Okay, we're going to pray, and then we're going to jump in, all right? So please pray uh, with me this morning. Take a minute, and you pray uh, for you this every week, but you know you better than I know you, and so pray and ask God to work in your heart and in your life right now.
And if you would be so kind, would you pray for me? Pray that God would grant to me clarity and courage and strength and wisdom as I bring his word to you. God, thank you for your living and active word. I thank you for how you still use it to form and shape your people even today. Uh, your word is, is not a, a dead document. Uh, it is living and it is active. And so I, I pray that your spirit would open our eyes and our ears, soften our hearts as we receive from you what you would have for us this morning. I pray that uh, the promises that we find in your word would be heard and believed and felt by your people this morning. God, we love you, and we thank you for loving us first, and we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince, of peace. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came announcing peace to an unsettled world. And today, we are just as much in need of the peace that came some 2,000 years ago as they were back then. According to recent reports, for instance, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the United States age 18 and older, or 18.1% of the population uh, each year. Uh, last year in the U.S., the national rate of anxiety tripled uh, in the second quarter compared to the same period in 2019. We can probably gather why. Depression almost quadrupled. A study from the National Health Institute of Mental Health claimed that an estimated 19.1% of U.S. adults had any anxiety disorder in the past year. An estimated 31.1% of U.S. adults experienced any anxiety disorder at some time in their lives, nearly a third of all people. This isn't just a reserve for uh, middle-aged men or women. Uh, adolescents are affected as well. An estimated 31.9% of adolescents had any anxiety disorder. Fear, worry, anxiety, and overall lack of peace is prevalent in both the young and the old. Maybe you're here this morning as someone uh, who cares about or has experienced debilitating anxiety or fear or worry. Maybe you have wrestled with a general a lack of peace that you couldn't quite describe if someone were to ask you what was wrong, but you know that you do not feel the way that you want to feel. So my question is, when you feel that way, how do you respond? How do you respond? Author Amy Fulton uh, recommends six tips for dealing with anxiety. I think they're helpful. I think they're beneficial. 
experienced these in part in my own life and the benefit of them. He talks about, number one, reframing your anxiety, figuring out a way to, to look at it that makes it manageable uh, to you. She talks about learning how to breathe, benefit of breathing techniques. Talks about the benefit of exercise, moving around, getting your blood flowing, about connecting with others. He mentions finding a ritual or a discipline you enjoy doing. And then lastly, she talks about acceptance, like coming to terms with the way that you think or feel. All of her recommendations have weight. Uh, all of them could argue are beneficial in your life when you experience uh, anxiety or fear. Uh, and 2,000 years ago, a Jewish rabbi offered another suggestion that you may find helpful. And I want to share it with you. It's from John chapter 14, beginning in verse 25. If you have your Bibles, turn with me there. John chapter 14, beginning in verse 25. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, his followers, and he says to them, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give. Not as the world gives do I give. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came in part to give peace. It's interesting to me when you look at the numbers for our day and age that seem to be on the rise for anxiety and fear and worry, I'm, I'm blown away that this is not a new issue. People, humanity, have been longing for peace and wrestling with peace since the beginning of time. Right? So this is not new uh, to us. Certainly situations and circumstances may look different our world is different than uh, their world, but they still wrestled with the same. And when you think about it, it's easy to understand why. Like the, the Jewish people at the time when Jesus showed up in town were ruled by a foreign government. People were increasingly um, at odds with the government. Christians were uh, being persecuted on some level, even more so as time uh, went on. There was uncertainty that dotted the landscape. So, so their world was not perfect. They longed for peace. Our world is not perfect, and we long for the same. And the good news about the coming of Jesus is that Jesus came uh, to walk among us and to offer to us peace. But the peace that he came to offer is not your typical uh, run-of-the-mill passing Peace. The peace that Jesus offered was, was not a feeling of peace that, that comes or goes. Uh, it was a peace that passes all understanding. It was a peace that you experience and you can't quite explain it, um, but, but you know you have it. 
or you know you don't. There's a great ministry out there called The Bible Project. They make videos uh, that describe books of the Bible or themes or words. And they have one on peace, and I thought it was so good. They define the basic meaning of peace as being complete or whole. Uh, The word can refer to a stone that is a perfect or whole shape that has no cracks or blemishes in it. Peace can also refer to a completed stone wall that has no gaps or a missing brick. Peace, or shalom in the Old Testament, refers to something that's complex with lots of pieces that's in a state of completeness or wholeness. We read this all over Scripture. When Job says that his his tents are in a state of shalom or peace, because he's counted his flock and he has no missing animal. He's at peace. This is why shalom can refer to a person's well-being. When David visited his brothers in the battlefield, he asked them, how is your shalom? How is your peace? Because he knew that life was complex and it was full of moving parts and relationships and situations. And when any of those are out of alignment or missing, your peace or your shalom breaks down. Life is no longer whole. It needs to be restored. So in Scripture, to bring shalom literally means to make complete or to restore. So Solomon brings peace to the unfinished temple when he completes it. Um, If your animal accidentally damaged your neighbor's field, you shalom them or you bring them peace by giving them complete repayment for their loss. You take what's missing and you restore it to wholeness. And the same is true for relationships. In the book of Proverbs, to reconcile and heal a broken relationship is to bring peace. When rival kingdoms make peace or shalom in the Bible, it doesn't only mean that they stop fighting. It means that they start working together toward a common purpose or goal. When the prophet Isaiah looked forward to a future king, he looked toward a prince of shalom, a prince of peace. His reign would bring peace with no end, a time when God would make a covenant of shalom or a covenant of peace with his people and make a right all things and heal all that has been broken. Uh, don't you long for God's peace? The peace that Jesus offered, this restoration, wholeness, completion, is the very peace uh, that you and I stand in need of. Jesus wants uh, to give his peace uh, to you today. This good news Uh, is the peace that Jesus wants us to experience. Jesus came to give us peace in many different areas of life. Uh, Jesus came primarily to give us peace uh, with our maker, to give us peace with God. Paul says to the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not naturally at peace with God. We are naturally enemies of God. 
We don't want anything to do with God. We want to live life on our own terms. Uh, but Jesus came to restore the broken relationship. Uh, Jesus came uh, to bring us peace in our vertical relationship with God. And then um, the reality of peace with God infiltrates and impacts all the relationships around us. Not only did Jesus come to give us peace with God, but Jesus came to give us peace within ourselves. A Simeon, in Luke chapter 2, when Jesus is presented at the temple, says this. Scripture says he took him, Jesus, up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people. Maybe you read that scripture or you listen to it this morning and think to yourself, well, that's great that some random dude 2,000 years ago in a temple saw Jesus and said, I can die in peace. But what does that have to do with me? Well, it has to do with you because the same peace that he saw and experienced when he saw Jesus is the same peace that you and I can experience today. Because God has made us right before him in a relationship with God, uh, he, he makes us right or gives us peace when we think about our own lives. How many times have you heard people say, or maybe you've said uh, to yourself, um, I, I know that God forgives me, but I just can't forgive myself. But you ever stop to think about how crazy that is? Like the God of the universe, who's holy and just and knows everything about you, inside and out. He knows you. He's looked upon you, and because of the good work of Jesus, he said, like, we're good. So how silly is it when, when you or when I live life and we go, well, I just really can't forgive myself. I can't be at peace with myself. Well, you're at peace with God, the God of the universe. And because you're at peace with the God of the universe, God has said you can be at peace uh, in, in your own heart. Jesus came to give us peace with God. He came to give us peace uh, within ourselves, and he came to give us peace with one another. Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 says, For he himself, Jesus, is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. This verse is talking about Jews and Gentiles, two groups of people that hated one another. They didn't hang out. They didn't cross paths. They didn't want anything to do with one another. And Scripture says, no, God in Christ has brought them together so that they can live at peace. Maybe you think to yourself, it's great that he did it for the Jews and Gentiles, but he has not seen my family. Yes, he has. He has. He has. And that same peace that he offered to them, he offers to you, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. This is what Jesus came to do. He said to his disciples in, Mark, or in John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace leave with you, my peace I give to you. Jesus came 
but to give us his peace. Think about that. The, the peace that was his, he wants you uh, to have. He wants you to have his peace. I love this idea. Uh, if it belonged to Jesus, if Jesus had it, then I think to myself, it must have been good. His, his peace was not lacking. He had a perfect peace. And Jesus came to give his peace uh, to you and to me. Uh, last week, I saw this really cool uh, video. I don't know if it was on Facebook or Instagram. Dwayne Johnson, are you guys familiar with Dwayne Johnson, the, you know, The Rock? We, incidentally, this is neither here nor there, share a lot in common. We're both bald. He shares my middle name. That's it. That's it. Comparison ends there. But I saw this video of him. He made headlines when he gave away his personal custom a Ford F-150 Raptor pickup truck to a Navy veteran named Oscar Rodriguez. Uh, Oscar is a personal trainer. He helps victims of domestic violence. He's a leader at his church and in his uh, community. And when The Rock heard his story, he uh, wanted to bring him to a showing of his new movie, Red Notice, and he wanted uh, to bless him with a truck. And so they walk outside, and there's this beautiful truck uh, just in the parking lot, and Rock and Oscar walk over to it, and the guy opens up the front door, and there's this little note on the front seat. Uh, that the guy opens up and he starts uh, to read it. And it essentially says, like, like Oscar, I, I want to give uh, to you my Ford F-150 Raptor truck. Like, enjoy it. And this guy just breaks down. Right? Like, he, he falls down. And he said this to the rock. He said, I can't tell, me, tell you how many times I have seen you driving around town in this truck. Right? It's cool that he got the truck. Very cool that he got the truck. But it's even better that he got the rock. Right? I mean, that's, you just get like, you, like, that's like the ultimate, like, one up at the party. Like, what did you drive here today? I drove the rock's truck. You know, like, that, that's the coolest thing in the world. It's, it's not some random hand me down truck, some beat up truck. It's, it's the rock's truck. Right? Well, Jesus came to give you his peace. Peace of Jesus. He goes, I'm, I'm leaving this to you. Man, that's Jesus came uh, to give his peace, and he came to give his peace to you. Did, did you see the verse? That's what it says. My, my, my peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you you. How many times have you seen or heard someone who has experienced something in life or in the Christian life and thought to yourself, well, that's good for them. Like, good, good for them. Like, good for them. That's not my experience. M maybe you hear someone talk about this surpassing peace that they have in the midst of a trial or in the midst of a storm, and you think to yourself, well, that's great. I didn't feel that great. Good for them. Jesus wants to give his peace to you. 
my peace I give to you. Peace I leave with you, he said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I, uh, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. What, what is this otherworldly uh, peace uh, that Jesus gives? Because we talk about it, we talked about it this morning. Talked about what it, what it means, but how is it different? How is it unique from the run-of-the-mill regular peace that oftentimes we think about? As people today. When you, when you think about the world's peace, what does that mean to you? I thought about that this past week, and I thought, well, peace comes from a worldly standpoint with financial stability. Knowing that resources are in order, that I have what I need or what I want, brings me some level of predictability in life. Like nobody wants to get blindsided. So peace comes when we're just kind of scooting along and, and we're not caught off guard by life. Maybe peace comes with personal power or control. Like no, any control freaks here? Like you want, you're going, I just, as long as I can control this, I have peace. Maybe it comes from physical health. Like you just wake up in the morning and you're going, man, I, like I feel good. I feel good. Maybe it becomes from a relational harmony. You look at the relationships in your life, whether it's marriage or with kids or with friends, and you're thinking, man, if, like, if that's good, then I'm good. But if it's not good, I'm not. Those are, those are good things. All of those are good. That's not the peace that Jesus offered. He did not say to his disciples, fear not. I'm going to fix everything, make it good. Then say that. All of those, they, they change, sometimes in a heartbeat. Our financial stability that brought us peace changes with a headline or with a bad investment. The predictability that brought us a level of comfort and assurance is fleeting. The control that we thought we had quickly escapes us as we're reminded that we're powerless over our circumstances. The physical health we enjoyed changes with a doctor's visit, a phone call, or the arrival of test results, or bending over to pick up a sock in the morning. It changes quickly. And so how do Jesus' followers experience otherworldly peace? How do we experience the peace of Jesus? We'll look at the text. It says in verse 25, These things I have spoken to you while I am with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. So Jesus offers his peace in, in three major ways. There are more. These are three. Jesus offers his peace um, through his presence. Jesus told the disciples, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm rolling out. I wasn't there 2,000 years ago. So I don't know what that was like, but I can guess. Right? And I'm going to go out on a limb and just say, if I left everything to follow someone who I thought was the savior of the world, who I thought was going to overthrow Rome, who was going to right all of the wrongs, 
And I was like, I'm in. Wherever you go, I'm going with you. Whatever you say, I will do. Just point me in the right direction. And then Jesus looks at me one day and goes, peace out. That doesn't strike me as a peaceful scenario. Like, I would be like, come again? Like, what? And Jesus goes, no, I'm, I'm leaving. And he essentially tells his followers, it's better that I go than I stay. Because my presence, the Holy Spirit, will be with me. When we believe and trust in Jesus, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. God, God's presence is, is with us. It's with us. Scripture doesn't teach us that so that we will live in fear of messing up or making a mistake or avoiding sin. He, he tells us that so that our hearts would experience his peace in knowing that he is with us. God has given to us his presence. His presence uh, comes uh, with his peace. It also comes because of his promises. Not only does Jesus give us peace through his presence, but he gives us peace through his promises. Verse 28 of John chapter 14, You have heard me say, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Verse 29, And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. This is... Blood-bought promises of God. Jesus is telling his followers, this is how it's going to play out. And when it plays out, the way that I tell you it's going to play out, I want you. I mean, there's something assuring, isn't there, when someone tells you, hey, I, I just want you to know, this is what you should expect when you do such and and then it actually happens that way. And you go, oh. <laughs> like, like, that's kind of cool. I had a friend recently who told me, um, I, I asked him, he said, oh, you don't care about these things. I, you know, around the holidays, I have a tendency to put on a couple pounds. And so I wanted to try something different this year and take a few off. And so I found someone who who seemed to know more about health and nutrition than I did, which is not hard. And his name's Tom. I said, Tom, teach me. Teach me. And he sent me a meal plan. He said, do this for 10 days and then do this for 10 days. And I was like, all right. And so I, I started uh, last Monday, a week ago on Monday, and I did everything uh, he told me to do. And I, listen, man, I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to like do a video or anything because that would be weird. Um, I'm not going to write a diet book, but like, I mean, it worked. You know, I, I'm not ready to throw a parade or anything. I mean, it's been a solid six to seven days, so like, check back in with me in a couple weeks. But you know what that made me do? Like when I got on the scale this morning, I was like, oh, like m maybe, maybe Tom knows what he's talking about. He's, he's funny, he's, the, uh, he's Italian, he's from New York. He's like, bro, bro, just do it, man, just do it. And so I was like, bro, okay. And so I'm doing it, because he, he told me to do it, 
He told me what was going to happen, and it happened. And so, so Jesus comes to his followers, and he says, this is what's going to happen. And it happened. And he wants them to believe. God's promises are true, and they are trusted. And that brings us peace. Jesus gives us peace through his presence, through his promises, and by his power. It says in verse 30, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise and let us go from here. Jesus is like, there is an enemy out there, like he's coming, and I'm not afraid of him. But he has no power over me. God wants us to experience this as his people. God gives us his spirit so that we would have power. So, so we don't walk around and go, oh, well, I just weak and nothing I can do. Not true. God, God's given you and me his power through spirit. The, the enemy may whisper lies, but they are just that. They are lies. God is stronger than your weakness. He's stronger than your fear. He's more able than your greatest anxiety. That, that's not self-help mumbo-jumbo. Right? That, that is the word. We experience God's peace through his presence, through his promises, and through his power. So you hear that, and maybe you're thinking, that's, that's great, uh, but what does that practically look like? Because if we were to get in a big old circle this morning and go around in a circle, we probably would have some things in our lives where we're going, I heard you talk about peace, like the definition Cool how you thought about three things that start with P. That's great, but I got to go to work tomorrow. I got to live my life. So what does that look like? So I want to just share what this in part looks like for me in hopes that God may use it so that it would be helpful for you. I'm hesitant to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. In April of of 2020, uh, a former president sent me money. I didn't know him. I didn't have any sort of relationship with me. Somehow he got my bank account information. And he, and he just sent me money. Not to be outdone, the guy that came after him did the same thing. I don't know if they met and talked about it and thought this would be a good idea for James. Let's send him money, but, but that's what they did. And who am I to disagree with the president? So I gladly accepted it. And I thought to myself, what, what should I, what should we as a family uh, do with these unexpected resources? We hadn't planned on it. We didn't know it was coming, but it, it just came. And so I thought to myself, I have an idea. I'm going to invest the money that comes, and I'm going to make more money. I, um, this is great. I love this idea. It's a beautiful concept. Take the money you have, invest it, and make more. I, like, why not? I read a story one time in the Bible about a guy who had money, and he, and he buried it in a hole, and it didn't end well for him. So I thought, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to invest uh, the money. And so I started thinking, James, why, uh, why 
why uh, do you want to do that? Why do you want to do it? And I came up with a number of, of good reasons. I'm going to share them with you this morning. Number one, I want to be a good steward with what God has given to me and to our family, to us. Um, I really, truly believe that all I have belongs to God. E everything. It's all His, and it's entrusted to me, family, and so I want to be a good steward with it. So I'm accountable. I want my life uh, to be marked uh, by generosity. Um, Melissa and I, I mean, literally, for as long as I can remember, have been on the receiving end of rich generosity from people that know us and love us. I don't know why. Kind of stopped asking. But I've thought to myself on more than one occasion, um, it would be really cool to, to live that kind of radically generous life. I want to be a good steward with what God's given to us. I want my life to be marked by generosity. I want financial um, stability. I want financial stability. I, I say that, and I want you to know, listen to me. Listen to me. I don't, I don't have a poor pastor story. I, I, I don't. Uh, God has been incredibly incredibly kind to me and my family over the years. And so when I, when I talk about financial stability, don't hear poor pastor, not me. However, I thought to myself, I can take this and invest it and make more. When the car breaks down, no sweat, not a big deal. When there's an unexpected medical bill, <laughs> it happens part of life. When the kids need to go off to college, huh, no problem. I'll help in part. Wasn't a ton of money. I want financial stability. I think you probably do too. I want financial uh, margin. There's things that I, I want to be able to do. Not obnoxious things or opulent things, but things that I wouldn't normally have an opportunity to, to say yes to. I want to be able to say yes to. And so I thought, man, this is going to be cool if I can take this money, invest it, make more money so I can say yes uh, to, to more things. I also thought to myself, I want to be able years from now to look back and kind of think to myself just as a dude that I, that I handled that well. Like I, I want Melissa to, to be able to look at the bank account and go, good job for me to think, oh, it was nothing, it was nothing. Really, a little bit of research. I want, want to feel that. I don't want to be a schmuck. Right? So I want all of those. Full disclosure, in my, in my best moments, I think all of them can, can be good things. All of them can be good things. Uh, and in my worst moments, um, they can be rooted in my own sinful. So I, I, I took the money that the presidents kept sending me and I invested it in uh, the stock market. And I'll save you all of the details, but initially I was thinking to myself, I can't believe other people actually go to school for this. 
because I'm killing myself. Like, I, I didn't see the movie The Big Short, but in my mind, like, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if someone asked me to be a part of a movie about my life, you know? Like, I didn't have a name for it, but I was thinking, like, full-time pastor, part-time philanthropist. Like, I was thinking, oh, man, this is, this is good. Uh, this, this is easy. I don't, I'm not going to show you my chart this morning, but it went like, like this. And so I was feeling good about myself. But the strangest thing happened. You see, I started, at the end of the day, checking my stocks and going, oh, look, look, look at this. It, oh, it went up. It went up again. It went up again. It went up again. I, like, in a week, I was doing what, what takes people five years. And I was like, oh, those, those poor people that don't know what they're doing. I just asked Siri, and she tells me what to invest in. Killing it. But, but I was checking them at the end of every day, and then, and then I started kind of checking them at lunch. And then I, I started checking them at the opening bell. And then I found myself uh, distracted. You ever get distracted during the day at work? You're, you're going. You're like, look, you're like, should I go on ESPN and look at something, or should I check Facebook or Instagram? Or I decided, oh, I'm gonna check my stocks. It's it's funny when when I was making more money, it felt like I had less, and so God was kind to me. And he started doing what he is still doing today, which is taking it away. I know they tell you, you don't lose it until you sell it. But this started to look like this. <clears throat> and in the, in the checking, the morning, the afternoon, at night, it, it didn't go away. And in some ways, it actually increased. So I, I'm wrestling through this. I'm wrestling. I don't have a bow for this. I'm wrestling through it now. Because all of those things are still true. I want to be a good steward with what God's given to me. I want my life to be marked by generosity. I want, desire financial stability and financial margin. I want to be able to look back and think to myself, I, I made some good choices. I made some good decisions. But, but one day I was, I was talking to a counselor and I was sharing with him this, this story. And he said, James, what do you think it is that you really want? And I said, what I really want is to know that I am going to be okay. Like, I just want to know that I am going to be okay. I want to feel good. I want to feel good. So what do I do? I go to God, and I confess. I say, God, man, like you, you know me better than I know me. And so, like... Here's my heart. And I lay it out on the table. 
And I go, I don't know how much of this is, is God-honoring and pleasing to you. I don't know how much of it is me pursuing stuff that I shouldn't be pursuing. But, like, here's all of it. And then I remind or I am reminding myself of what I know to be true. What I'm doing is I'm going to the Word and I'm reminding myself of the rock-solid promises of God. If, if my deepest desire is to ultimately want to know that I am going to be okay, I go to the Word and I'm reminded that God cares for the sparrow. And he's going to care for you. I'm reminded that Jesus said to his followers, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Like, I've, I've got, I've thought about it. I haven't forgotten I'm going to prepare a place and, and one day you're going to come and there will be your place and I will be there. And then I ask God to fill me with the same peace that he has graciously been giving to his followers for thousands of years. I don't know this morning what your, what your thing is. Maybe it's a lack of peace from friendships, friendships that you long for, that you desire, or that you don't have. Maybe it's financial stability, money. Maybe it's loneliness. Maybe it's anxiety from your appearance. Maybe it's garden variety anxiety that you can't even quite put your finger on and you don't know why. Maybe it's your position or your reputation. I don't know what it is. But this is what I know. Jesus came to give peace. And Jesus came to give his peace. And Jesus came to give his peace to you. So may uh, this Christmas season, may your heart and may my heart be filled with the peace of God. Pray with me. Father God, we thank you for the peace uh, that is promised to us uh, in and through your son Jesus. I, I really believe that the peace that Jesus offered to his disciples some 2,000 years ago is still offered uh, to us today. And I just imagine in, in a group uh, like this, a group this size, that there are many things that uh, cause fear or worry or anxiety or just a general lack of peace in our hearts. And so we bring each and every one of those uh, to you now. We confess them openly and, and honestly to you. You're not caught off guard by them. You're not surprised by them. And so we bring them before you. Would you do that right now? Just bring, bring that before the Lord. God, in your kindness, I pray that you would remind your people of your rock-solid promises that we know are, are true. Lord, I pray that, that the truthfulness of 
uh, your word, truthfulness of who you are, a God who does not lie, uh, would, would bring us peace this morning. Lord, we thank you that it is ours, that it is promised to us, and that it can be experienced. Teach us and show us how uh, each and every day. God, we love you. We thank you so much uh, for loving us first. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen.